Welcome to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Your host, Steve Hudgens, is a licensed professional counselor, and your co-host, Julia Canton, is a therapeutic coach. Together, they discuss various topics, providing a different perspective on life and insight that you are not alone. On a non-emergency basis, you may contact them at area code 918-280-8690 or coachsoul.com to provide them with new topics, feedback, or to request an appearance on the show. And now, here's your host, Steve Hudgens. I want to be a radio announcer and say we're interrupting these messages for a very important breaking news. Dun, dun, dun. You know, it's uh, I do want to finish our topic on attachment styles. And one of our segments that Julie and I want to talk about is the attachments, but also give it credit to where each segment is important and devoted to what is each different type of attachment style. But here recently, here in the state of Oklahoma, there's been some pressing information, uh, a new bill that has been introduced that has a lot of people concerned. When you think of HIE, it stands for Health Information Exchange. Julia, you know, um, what do you think about the Health Information Exchange? Are you aware of uh, about it just being who you are? Uh, and not being in the professional realm of being licensed, even though you're a therapeutic life coach. Mm-hmm. I the, the the honestly, Steve, I probably don't, and this is me being very vulnerable in the sense that I probably don't know near as much as I will after this new bill was passed. <laughs> Because it will eventually, I'm concerned that it will eventually come down on my level. So why don't you take just a minute and explain the basics of it for our audience so that both of us, your audience and myself, have a better idea of what that is. There is a group of Oklahoma Providers for Privacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have gotten together to question the state bill that is coming out that states that therapists are mandated, mandated, there's no wiggle room, but mandated to connect to a system that is governed by the Oklahoma Health Care Authority. Yeah. Okay. And, and so to me, you know, we're hearing it from both sides. The therapist went uh, last weekend and did a march at Capital City, you know, stating their concerns. And then, of course, the representatives are coming back and backfiring what their arguments are to keep this House bill going. The problem is, is that I don't think both sides are hearing each other. And the legislators are not being able to talk to professionals that are in the trenches. Now, we see in the news where the therapists are concerned in regard to um, the privacy of our patients. Okay. Now, granted, we, we all want the privacy of our patients. I would have to say that privacy is a moot point. To a point, 
Meaning that, yes, the state recognizes federal guidelines, the HIPAA. We recognize the, the partition 42 in there that states that mental records are protected. Demographics are protected under HIPAA mm -hmm. law. Okay. Mm -hmm. right. So we know the state and the federal government recognizes privacy. Okay. Right. Where the problem comes in. And again, I don't want anybody fear-mongering. It doesn't help the situation whatsoever. As a clinician, it is not my obligation to protect my client. I am to safeguard their interest, okay? There's a difference. Patients need to protect their own information, just like I need to protect my own information, okay? So I have to safeguard. What does that mean to safeguard? That means as a clinician, I need to educate my client who comes and sees me and say, look, here are the risks to HIPAA. Here is what is beneficial and here's what could be detrimental. You make the choice. It's not me providing an opinion of what they should do because I am not them. They need to make that that choice for themselves and what to, what should they do. So let's pause there for a second. I'm a patient. I am a military veteran who is able to go outside of the VA system and be able to see, we'll call it commercialized, civilian uh, doctors and hospitals. Okay. Back in 2008, prior to me having VA benefits, okay, I wasn't aware of my chart. I wasn't aware of anything. Now, that's what the HIE is, Health Information Exchange. In Oklahoma, we use what's called my health, my chart. Okay. It connects various hospitals like St. John, Hillcrest, St. Francis, the majority of the hospitals here in Tulsa, they tie in together. I don't know if this is the same in Oklahoma City. I presume it is because it is a network that's been here for 16 years doing this for the state of Oklahoma. And when I got VA benefits, I'm able to go outside the network. Well, recently, you know that as a precaution, I had bypass surgery mm -hmm. because it was a precaution. I'm in great health. And they just discovered it due to a fast heartbeat that I was having. They, I had no symptoms of a blockage or anything. So now I have a my chart just for OSU Medicine. What's interesting is OSU Medicine can automatically see what's in my chart at uh, St. Francis. And I did not give them any kind of permission that they can see. That they can, where they can exchange or share the information that right. you're aware of. Okay. That, because it, I'm wondering if there is some kind of, and to interject here, if there is anything in the small print when you create an account with my chart that gives them permission. Now I'm curious to go check. You know, when I was looking in there, there is a, um, um, Looking in the my chart, there is where you could say, I want it synced, I want this and that. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that's after the fact. Okay. Got it. Got it. 
but the doctors didn't tell me, hey, there is an opt-in form and there's an opt-out form. Would you like to participate or withdraw? Okay, so I'm curious. Um, let's just take that for just a second. Pause for just a moment. If they are sharing, even between hospital networks, your medical information without your permission, is that violating HIPAA? Now we're talking to medical spaces so, here. Uh, there is this a psychiatrist. answer. <laughs> no, it is. It's and there is, a, within our group, there is a psychiatrist that feels like it is a violation of HIPAA because they're not getting the consent. Correct. Correct. Okay. And, and, and I feel like that is a violation, but none of this is being addressed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, now just for the listeners, because I can see where some, they may be confused because you're way ahead of this than most listeners that are just hearing about this. What house bill are we talking about right now? So the, the, the state bill that we're talking about that was passed was Oklahoma Senate bill 1369, which made changes to the statewide health information exchange. And there was a meeting last week that we're trying to make some of the changes. So the representative is Marcus McIntyre. And one of the things that we're trying to do is how come professionals weren't brought in when this bill was made? Because when you look at the two bills, they are very vague in their language. There's not specific. And so it causes and raises concern of what's how, how to define the boundaries within this bill that therapists and prof- licensed professionals, such as psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, all everybody, chiropractors, everybody that comes involved, but for mental health, this raises a huge concern. And one of the things that I'm trying to to bring up, too, is that, yes, we have HIPAA that talks about the protection of the rights of substance abuse and and things of that nature that we cannot even uh, disclose records to the courts. Okay, and And, all this is protected. Go ahead. Yes. And so I want that right there is I think what's bringing up this question is that why is this information being shared one without actually speaking to therapists, for instance, and psychiatrists and trying to get a a consensus of why this would be beneficial. But two, if this information is is protected, even some of it from the courts, okay, um, then how in the heck are you guys as licensure, licensed uh, I'm going to use the word licensed beings. That seems so, so <laughs> foo-foo, right, in this characteristic. But licensed professionals, there we go. How is it that you guys are now being required to share this information that as a a client, okay, I have, I, be- I have a firm belief that all therapists need a therapist, okay? I think everybody should have a therapist. But when I've gone to my therapist, Steve, I have specifically signed a a confidentiality statement okay now and and that doesn't bar if i'm uh, thinking about suicide or i'm thinking about harming somebody you know there are some caveats that are required by law to report but 
Otherwise, I'm coming to you guys with the sense and understanding that I am, that my mental health and my mental well-being, because ultimately that's what we're looking at as a whole person experience of wellness, is protected. And so what is happening here? And what a, what an odd place to put you guys as professionals being required to do this. How do you, I mean, how are you it, feeling it, about it, that? Well, it is a challenge in how do we um, safeguard confidentiality, okay? Mm -hmm. Because I've gone to the Broken Era movie theater, and as soon as I sit down, I look to my left, and two seats down is my client and her mother. Oh, okay. Now, I did not acknowledge, and they didn't know I was there. Because in a session later, I said that I noticed you were in the theater. How did you enjoy the movie? They said, we didn't know you were there. I, as confidential, am not supposed to approach my client in public. Okay. Right. Now, if they approach me, that's a different topic. And yeah. I said, you know, if you want to call me a friend, friend of the family, it doesn't matter whatever safeguards and however you feel what is necessary to protect who are our, our client therapeutic relationship is what I'm looking for. Okay. So that's one aspect. And yes, we're obligated by ethics and state regulations that we're supposed to remain confidential. And if you go into the LPC regulations, it also says don't do a client harm. Now, that's a very vague aspect, okay? If we are held to that standard, how come state representatives are not held to the same standard? Because they're making laws for the public. And that's concerning. Because if we're expected to have confidentiality, then we're expecting those who uh, uphold the law, they're not above the law. Well, and I think that we're also looking at, and you and I discussed this um, off of the recording, but um, that there are individuals that are involved in this process that have a bachelor's degree. You cannot, uh, you and I cannot even become licensed therapist on a bachelor's degree. It requires at least a master's degree uh, in the on an LPC track of some form, and um, and so you literally have individuals that are, are that are in control of this that are making choices and decisions that are not necessarily in the best interest of our clients, and yet here they are, and so it's a little bit confusing. I I'm going to be honest. Well, that, that, that's where I would appeal to the citizens of Oklahoma to get with the representatives and start changing how roles are implemented, okay? Governor Stent put the director Corbett into this position, okay? It's not he was voted in. It was his cabinet that he was able to, to fulfill. That the problem, like you said, he has a bachelor's degree in finance, but what does he know about health? Okay. And so that that's the argument here is how somebody, somebody can direct it from a financial aspect. Now, here, here's the key. I want to pause on the privacy part of it. Okay. Because that's mute. Because we all want that. 
but there's more to it than just that. Okay. I need to, I need to follow this, um, rabbit horse, whatever you want to call it. Rabbit horse? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just, just combined, rabbit trail? I combined two, two animals. Okay. It just seems like one's an ass and one we're following a trail down. So, <laughs> Hey, it, it gets convoluted. Okay. <laughs> so pardon my language. I'm sorry. Uh, one of the things that, that we have to look at is that the mandate is mandating the therapist to violate their civil liberty. And here's how. The HIE system, so if you, it goes back into the UN address back in the 2000s, where they want to do a universal health system for everybody, okay? This way they can monitor everybody's health, okay? So that it makes it easier to uh, confine and identify diseases and things of that nature. So the United States has developed their health information exchange program. You can find this online where the government pays the states and funds them for the HIE system. The problem is, is that Oklahoma went with their own internal system and not with something that's already existing. So now they're requiring the therapist to pay $5,000 to connect to the system. The problem is, is that the system is going to be charging EHR systems is what we call it. EHR stands for electronic health records. They're going to charge them to connect, which they're going to pass their cost down to the therapist. So actuality, we're paying double to maintain some records. Now that's another trail to, to go down to. Yes. And there's also just, just so that our audience understands that there is also going to be yearly uh, subscription dues for this same service. It's not just a one-time $5,000 fee. And then ultimately, who do you think is going to be paying those extra fees? Well, because we had to pass it down to you. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. And we already in Oklahoma have one of the worst mental health programs that are out there. I mean, it is, it are compared to some of the other states, ours is stupid, ridiculous. And we also have a high rate of individuals that are concerned about going to therapists in the first place. And now we're going to, basically, you guys are going to have to say, oh, not only are you concerned to come and see us, but, oh, we're going to be charging you double. There are counseling agencies that are income-based, and let's just say that they charge currently $35 an hour, okay, on for low-income families. Maybe even some of it will be free, okay? That is, how how easy is it now going to be even for those agencies um, to tend to the mental health issues of, say, the homeless community, okay? And and I'm just really, really concerned about it because now where it might have been $35 for low-income families, it very well could be $70. So what we've basically done is for the families that act or individuals that may need this very care, we have just created another block in their ability to be able to afford that care. So if so we on, think, go ahead. On top of that, though, Julia, is the fact that I'm in a doctoral program and did some research that back in 2016, there was one therapist per 1,000 in the state of Oklahoma. Uh -huh. What has happened in the last seven years 
is the fact that the LPC board is now meeting every other month, which mm. slows down how fast candidates become therapists. Okay. That slows that progress down. OHCA, Oklahoma Health Care Authority, has changed the dynamics to where the candidates to have better supervision can only work for agencies to have better care. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to take Guyman, Oklahoma, a rural panhandle town that may have one or two therapists that cannot supervise or have enough for an agency. So it's creating a shortage of therapists in the state of Oklahoma mm -hmm. so that they can guide light. There's another rabbit trail off of that on Medicaid, okay? Because there's an, a, a discrimination between agency therapists versus a privatized therapist, yes, okay? So the public doesn't know about that. And a lot of therapists don't know about that either. But I don't, I want to pause that button. So let's get back into uh, here we are I, again. I'm not trying to fearmonger. It is our duty or obligation again to educate our clients, not to fearmonger, but to provide information for them to make a choice in their healthcare decision. Okay, confidentiality between the the therapist and the client. We're, we're gonna we're gonna make that. We're going to make it secure as, as secure as we can. Okay. But what happens is, is now that again, going back into who directs all this, somebody with a bachelor's degree in finances and money is dictating how all this is supposed to run. The problem with the civil liberty is, it's like the federal government telling Netflix, you have to come off of your server. You have to connect onto our server and you have to pay for that server. That goes against all capitalism and civil liberties, how a therapist is going to run their business. So do you think that, Steve, and this is just, I know, very opinion-based here, but um, do you think that there will be actually licensed therapists that will leave this industry um, because of this House bill? Well, you know, that's where the House representative says, oh, we provided exemptions. Well, here's the logic in me says, why provide an exemption if you don't mandate it? Mm -hmm. Why have a mandate if you're going to provide an exemption to be fair to all? You see what I'm saying? Yes. There have been therapists that have said, hey, this is going to financially ruin me. It can have a huge impact on privatized soul ownership of of a therapist they can because of the the money and everything else okay so to say you know it, it, is this going to be a catastrophic i'm not going to predict that and again i'm not going to put the fear out there you have to draw your own conclusion what you think is going to happen in the state but they provide exemptions. That's the other part of the reason why we want to get with the representatives is because there is a issue because it's too vague. We can provide a, an exemption for financial hardship. That's it. Okay, please tell me what a financial hardship is. Well, a financial hardship is you're making me pay out of my own pocket. Sorry, that's a financial hardship because you're tapping into my civil liberty right 
uh, pursuit and happiness. When you say an exemption of how many, uh, how big your agency is, okay, is that one person? Is that two people? It's not specific, and we want specifics. So they rushed the bill through without thinking the implications. Well, and not only that, but again, how many therapists do you know of, for instance, because we are talking about therapists, but there are other healthcare providers that sure. are going to also have the same requirement applied to them. And, but how did we not know about this? Because this happened in uh, what, July of last year of 2022. And so one, how did it happen? And then two, if this, if we actually move forward with this without any changes or whatever, I am curious as to how soon um, pastoral counselors and then pastors or ministers that also have confidentiality agreements, even if they're verbal, okay, for the information that is shared with them, except for some exemptions, okay, guys, that are exist out there where harm is involved, Um when will those be required to be shared or uploaded into a similar system? Or maybe because it is a form of counseling that it also is eventually required. And, and I know that it falls under some you know religious exemptions, but again, it's micro deteriorations of, of the confidentiality that I'm most concerned about. And when will it go to the next level? So well, the, the issue here, too, Julia, is that how, how did this happen? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, and I really don't because I don't remember information being put out there. Hey, this is a bill that we're going to talk about. OK, I, I thought this state was for the people mm. and that the people have a say what they want to do. But more and more, it seems that our rights are being taken away and our decisions are being made for us. Because if legislators talk to us, we wouldn't be here talking about this situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they're making accusations that we are unbecoming of a professional, that we are not acting correctly. I don't know of any incident because we try to maintain professionalism. Now, are there some that have uh, emotions? Well, sure, because that's you're impacting the livelihood of that therapist determining whether or not they're going to be able to continue in therapy or not. Mm -hmm. And so there is that passion that's there, but we're not being heard. You go on to the OHCA system and you look at the frequent asked questions. It is like a broken record. Each one is a copied response. And there's an exemption. There's an exemption. There's an exemption. Okay, I get there's an exemption. But are you addressing the personal concerns? I have ran multi-million dollar businesses. I've taken a restaurant from a negative 7% in sales and increased it to 45% in 10 months. So I know how to run that business to be successful. And it's about bringing your people on board to be able to be heard. We shouldn't be here. This shouldn't be causing stress-related, anxiety-induced into the environment about people's health care. 
we may pause here in the next uh, two minutes and kind of uh, wind down this discussion to go into a part two for you to be able to understand what else is going on, because there are some pieces to this that you really need to tune in. I know things are in the news and they're being broadcasted, but I, I don't feel like the news is, is giving, um, being advantageous in the reporting for the people. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be fair in that statement, too, because it's a pick and choice on both sides. Here, I want to be able to prevent, you know, present both sides and let the people figure out what they want for the health care. And so we're leaving off right here in the piece that here's a state bill that mandates a therapist to connect to the system with very vague understanding of the bill. And so there has to be uh, a way of mediation. And now I do know that there are a, a therapist and three state representatives that's going to meet with Representative uh, McIntyre in regards to the bill and how to uh, shore up its wording and verbiage. Again, if he would have consulted and had this verbiage looked at, you know, with therapists and stuff, he may have, I don't know. But it just seems odd that why are we having so much of this friction and talk if he had? Mm -hmm. That's my point. And how does a government dictate what I can and can't do with my business? And it's forcing me to do something more that I want to do. So we're going to take a pause here and make a part two out of this because I believe that you want to hear in the next podcast about how to protect your rights because they're saying, oh, people can only have access into the system. That's true, but they're telling you a half truth because I'm going to tell you my own experience about how privacy can be invaded while you're in the hospital. Until next time. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, be safe and be kind.